Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. So this morning, uh, we're continuing in the series Roots and Fruits. You know, English is my second language, and I remember being rebuked for saying fruits once. So I was like, well, these guys, English is their first language, so this must be a thing. So Roots and Fruits, and we're talking about, um, we're going from Galatians chapter 5. And uh, I've been watching the sermons throughout this uh, period, and I've been incredibly encouraged. I just want to say that as, uh, uh, as I've been listening to what Jeremy and Peter have been able to share share from God's Word, it has been super encouraging. I don't know if you've been encouraged. I hope you have been encouraged because this idea of walking in the Spirit, this idea of God producing fruit in us through the Holy Spirit is ultimately what actually makes us who we are as Christians. That's actually what the outcome, this is what people see when you say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. It is the fruit that you bear that is the, it is, it is what distinguishes us from the rest of the world. What God is doing in us. And so this morning I'm going to be talking about joy, but we're going to read Galatians 5 And we're going to start here in verse 13 to give us some context here. It says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, for you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so this morning, we're diving into joy. And I was thinking about joy. And oftentimes, I I remember when I, I, I first heard a sermon on joy, it was clearly said by the preacher that there's a difference between joy and happiness. And I I looked at a definition, and as I kept reading and studying and praying and meditating over this, there were so many definitions that were out there, so many in commentaries, so many preachers with their own turns and twists. But this is where ultimately I landed, that joy, Christian joy, is closely related to gladness and happiness, although joy is more a state of being than an emotion. It is a result of a choice 
yet can't be manufactured apart from the Spirit. We cannot manufacture our own joy. And it is in our soul, not in our body, not outside, but within, produced by the Spirit. And oftentimes pleasures can be associated with joy, but joy is not dependent on pleasure. Joy is something much greater. Joy is something that gives us a perspective, even when things are not going right. So I have three points this morning, and um, the first one here is, why should we have joy? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, why should you have joy? Uh, If you've been tracking, Jeremy unpacked this tug of war that we see between the flesh and the spirit. And that we root ourselves in the things of God in order to produce in our lives the things of God. And so there's this tug of war, the flesh and the spirit, and one is producing things that are not of God, but when we're rooted in God, when we're rooted in the things of the spirit, when we're walking by the spirit, we produce the things of God. And this thing called joy, us as Christians, we should all have this, we should all produce this based on this fundamental, most important, most essential thing. It is rooted in Jesus Christ. It is rooted in the gospel. That our joy as Christians is centered on the person of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross, what he was able to do, what he was able to accomplish, what Jesus came down, his mission to seek and save the lost, you and I, so that we may be restored into right relationship with the Father. That should fill our hearts with joy. I was thinking about this, that when we lose the joy of our salvation, when that news becomes old news, when that news seems to be, seems to be stale, it is because we have forgotten where we were when Jesus met us. It is because we're starting to forget that the objects in the mirror appear closer than they are. Like we are looking back at our lives and we're thinking, I was always a Christian. I was always awesome. I was at a, at, a, at, a, at a conference in Zimbabwe, and I was preaching, and I, I thought, man, I'm, I'm so, you know, I'm leading this ministry, I'm the main speaker at a conference, and the sermon, you know, I was, I was preaching to young adults, and it was, you know, just super energy, on fire, kids came up to the front, it was an awesome service, and um, I thought, I, I, I think I was kind of patting, I was patting Jesus on the back, but also a little bit, you know, Jesus, you know, it's like I did it as well, you know, like, because we're a team, and uh, I was humbled so quickly, because I guy came from the top stairs and he walked down and he was looking at me and he was like, Rob, I can't believe it. And he walked down, walked down, Rob, can't believe it. And when he got to me, I was like, what is, who is this guy? And it was a guy that I knew in high school. And he's like, Rob, you're a Christian. This is amazing news. Impossible. Impossible. And I was just thinking the shock on this guy's face. I was like, how bad was I in high school? That this guy thought the last person you'd ever see proclaiming the name of Jesus was me. And I'm just giving you some perspective. Someone in the world right now, if they find out that you're in a church, they'll be like, no way that dude is in a church. No way. 
The joy of our salvation is tied to the gospel because Jesus didn't just pull you out of a little pit. You didn't need just a little tiny drop of blood on the cross. Everything that Jesus went through, he was thinking of you and your sin. That we weren't kind of good. It doesn't matter if you were born at a Chris Tomlin concert and your first word was hallelujah. You still needed Jesus to die for your sin on the cross. The joy of salvation is tied to that. Our joy is tied to the reality that Jesus went up on that cross and he, he died the death that we should have died. He lived the life that we couldn't live. And after three days, he used that grave like an Airbnb, checked out, punched death in the face, and was raised back to life, and we're free with him in that. That should fill us with joy. We did nothing to deserve it. Isn't it amazing? We did nothing to deserve what Jesus did for us. Therefore, we can always have joy in our hearts. We can always have joy in our hearts. I was thinking of this, if you look at John chapter 16, I wasn't going to go here, but let's, let's go there, church. In John chapter 16, in John chapter 16, we see Jesus here talking to the disciples, and um, we start in verse 19. So Jesus is trying to tell the disciples, hey guys, I'm about to bounce. I'm going to die. Okay, I'm going to leave you. I'm not going to be with you forever. And the disciples are like, what are you talking about? It's like, I'm with you now, but I'll have to leave. The disciples are like confused, even though it's plain and simple, like I'm going to leave. And so Jesus here, finally, he says this in verse 19. Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him, right? They were confused. Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? What I meant by saying, a little while you will not see me, and again, a little while, and you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Jesus says that there will be sorrow, that I, I have to die, that I have to die for you, for your sins. But here's the thing, you may grieve for a while, but there will be a joy that will be given to you through salvation that no one can take away. And there will be a joy that will be given to you that will be full. Because we did nothing to deserve it, church. So that is why they could not be grouchy Christians. Yeah, I'm looking at you right now, church. 
the complexion, the, the posture of your faces now that you're in church, it's got to change. It's got to change like you're watching whatever team you support. I don't know if it's the Giants. We're in a little awkward space here. If it's the Giants or the Mets or the Eagles, I don't know. But whatever your team is, it's like they're winning. Landslide. The look on your face is not serious. You're in church. You're in the house of the Lord. Only through Jesus Christ, only through Jesus Christ can you say you belong in the family of God. That should change the look on your face. Joy! Joy! Church, we didn't do anything to deserve it. A a few weeks ago, I remember, I I go to Florida every eight weeks to preach at a clinic. And um, and and this has never happened to me. Uh, I'm a pastor. I'm on a pastor's salary. So I'm always down in 46D next to the lavatory. But, but I got a text on my phone and it said, Mr. Chief Okoyo, you have a complimentary upgrade. And I looked at my seat and it was 1D. I was like, 1D? That's the front of the plane. That's the, that's the first seat. That's the seat that I always judge when I walk on the plane. And just be like, who would pay an extra $400 to fly an hour and a half? You're a bad steward. You're a bad steward. You're a bad steward. Like... And finally, I was in 1D, complimentary upgrade. My heart was filled with joy. I did nothing to deserve it. Nothing. I was in 1D and church, I went from Pastor Rob to Bougie Rob in less than five seconds. I sat in 1D and I judged everyone who was walking on the plane. Boarding group nine, what are you doing with your lives? Work harder. Work harder. 1D. I don't even drink champagne, church. I ordered champagne just to see the little bubbles bubbling. It's like I'm here in 1D. And I tried to act the part like I paid for the seat. Asking the person, nigga, what do you do for a living? Well, I have many people I speak to and encourage. Wow, this is amazing. But here's the deal, church. I didn't deserve that seat. And halfway through the flight, I was like, who am I kidding? I didn't deserve the seed. It's a complimentary upgrade. Church, we cannot be prideful, right? We have joy. We cannot be bitter. We have joy. You're experiencing something that you didn't deserve. That is the joy of our salvation. That is why we should be joyful as Christians. I know I'm hammering this over and over and over and over again. But listen, church, if you have a Jesus fish on the back of your car and someone overtakes you, you better be joyful. Stop cutting people off. You better be joyful. Because as a Christian, that is the mark of who we are. We should have joy. We should have joy. And then we find here, the psalmist David says this in Psalm 51. He says that it is in in the presence of the Lord where there's fullness of joy. That is where the joy is found. That is where joy is. So we have joy, but joy is found somewhere. That's my second point today is, is, is that where do we find joy? Where do we find joy? I mean, church, the instruction that I would say even from this passage in this, in this service is that for some of us, and I love that Jeremy unpacked this, when I first became a Christian, I wish I knew that I couldn't work myself into God's good books, that I couldn't work myself into righteousness. It was so tiring. 
The first few years of my life as a Christian, I thought, you know, if I just read my Bible a little more, then God would love me more. Therefore, I would have more joy. But actually, it is just in the pursuit of his presence, being in the presence of God, that's where joy is found. The fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. And how do we get into the presence of God? Well, just like we get into the presence of the people that we love, we spend time with them. Church, spending time with God. I remember when I used to check it off like it was a badge of honor. I did my quiet time. Like, almost like I was drinking kale, like a kale shake. Like, you know, I, I, I know it's good for me, but it tastes bitter. But you know, if I do it, I feel bitter. I judge the people at McDonald's. The reality is this, church... We don't spend time with the Lord because it's something we're trying to check off. We spend time with the Lord because in His presence, there's fullness of joy. If we love the Lord, we enter into His presence with thanksgiving and praise. If we love the Lord, we go to the Lord and say, Father, I just want to be in your presence because of everything that you are. You're my Father. We have a relationship. I love being with you. So church, when, when we're reading the Bible, we're, we're entering into a space where we know the heart of God, where we know the word of God, we know the desires that God has. We, we enter into this intimate relationship with God where we know him and we are known to him. A relationship with him. Church, I, I, want, I want to encourage you and I want to empathize with you. Getting into the word of God can be difficult, right? It's okay, church, we can be real. We don't have to put on our spiritual spanks. It can be tough, right? We know that it can be hard. We know that every year you start reading the Bible in January and by around March 13th, you're done because you enter Leviticus and you're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore, Lord. It's too difficult. But you know what, church? We want to be in his presence. We want to know. We want to know about their life. We want to know about God's life. We want to know about God's word. We want to know about what God wants out of us, what God has for us, the good things. You know, we treat our, our relationship with God almost as though, almost separately from how we treat the relationships with the people that we love. In, here on this earth. I love my wife. I love my kids. It's not a chore to be in their presence. I want to be in their presence. Hey, you know what? Sometimes husbands, wives, can I get an amen? Husbands tell you about golf. And you're like, I couldn't care about golf. I don't care what happened on the 17th when you chipped and, you, and, and Matt didn't quite get it. He was in the bunker and you can tell he can't play golf. But you're like... you. And wives are just like, mm, tell me more. <laughs> wow, that's such an improvement. But you know what, church? The, the, the relationship is, I want to know the desires, the things that are in your heart. I, don't, I wouldn't want to hear about golf, but I want to know about what's going on in your life. We want to be in each other's presence. We want to be in the presence of God. You know, I had a revelation this year at the beginning of the year, church. I was convicted 
Because as a pastor, I back myself that I'm always reading the Bible, but I started realizing that I was reading the Bible to prepare messages, that I was reading the Bible all the time, and all the time I was reading the Word. It was so that there would be some kind of output at the end of the week. And so the Lord just convicted my heart. And you know, when you pray those prayers and the Lord drops something in your heart, and sometimes you'll say, how do I know it was the Lord? I tell you that Jesus has an accent. You know what Jesus is saying. You know when Jesus is speaking because you're like, hey, uh, this is not what I desire. This is not what I wanted to do. But look, something is happening here. And the Lord dropped something on my heart. And he said, Rob, I want you to know my word. I want you to know the depths of my word. I want you to know the terrain of the Bible so that you know all the corners. And not so that you can go and tell someone about it, just so that you know my heart. I started diving into the word church, and it was like, I'm just letting you know. I started reading numbers. I started seeing Jesus in numbers. I started reading passages of scripture that I'd never seen before. I started seeing Jesus in those passages of scripture. The Lord was starting to reveal these truths about himself, not that I can regurgitate them, so not that I can download them to someone else, but so that I can see just how intricate the hand of the Father is when he was putting this together and giving it to us so that we can see that everything in there is intentional. And if he was intentional about every word in here, he's intentional about every in my life. The heart of the Father, a change in relationship. Lord, I just want to be with you. And so we find in this passage of Scripture, church, joy is found in the presence of God. And we find in Galatians chapter 5, there's something amazing that happens. Before, before Paul talks to the churches in Galatia about what the fruit of the Spirit is, he talks about what it is not. He talks about the works of the flesh. And oftentimes, church, we kind of have it twisted because we believe that the fullness of joy is found in the things that Paul has stated in this passage as the, the works of the flesh. The world promises us that it is in all these other things, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. It says that that's where you're going to find joy. And what a lie. What a lie. The message of the world says, listen, if you chase after these things, you will be joyful. If you don't deal with the roots of anger in your life, you will be joyful. It will tickle something in you. You will be right. And, and, and if you don't deal with the idols in your life, you will have joy. But those things don't bring joy. They bring sorrow. They bring bitterness. They bring death. Sin, what it produces ultimately is death. And Paul is saying, those are the works of the flesh. Church, can I encourage you this morning that that is not where joy is found. Where are you looking for joy in your life? If I were to ask you this morning, are you looking for joy in the presence of God? Or are you looking for joy in some future version of your life where everything has worked out? Are you looking for joy in the pleasures of the world? You know, I used to be a youth pastor and a young adult pastor. And I, and, and I always used to say, listen, church, I don't care about purity culture in the 2000s and whatever book was written about sex and marriage that you might be upset about. But I'll tell you that the word of God says purity is still a thing. 
Sexual immorality is still sexual immorality to God. It doesn't matter what culture says and changes and says that's long gone. The word of God is what we stand on. Nothing else, church. The fullness of joy is found in his presence and not in those things. And when we're honest with ourselves, church, if I am honest with myself, I keep thinking that, yes, Jesus, there's joy in you, but I think I can find more joy when I have this job or when I'm in this position or when I live in this house or when I have a marble countertop and what you call that little sink over the stove, a pot filler. (laughs) When I have a pot filler, when I have a boat, when I have a promotion, that's when I'll have joy. But joy is not, it's not predicated by our circumstances and things going well in our lives. That's called the prosperity gospel. That's not the gospel. Joy can be found even in the midst of our suffering. And, and, and here's what God says in the Bible. That's why I love the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That we taste of the Lord and we see that he is good. That there's this real symbolism throughout scripture that points us back to to taking in the things of God as though they were food, even communion. When we think and remember Jesus, it's a meal so that we taste of that goodness of God and we remember what Jesus has done for us. We have tasted. Have you tasted and seen the goodness of God? Taste and see, church. And then our hearts would be filled with joy. And then we would be full. And then we will be filled. But church, we can't, we can't really truly say, hey, I've experienced the fullness of joy if we don't enter in, if we haven't seen, if we haven't pursued, if we haven't stayed in that place. Now, one thing that sometimes frustrates me about coming from Africa is that the famous song, the most famous song about Africa wasn't written by Africans. It wasn't written by Africans. It was written by a little band in California somewhere who sang a song about Africa, and it's the most famous song about Africa. Every wedding I go to, people tap me on the shoulder, say, Rob, I have a song for you. It's coming in three songs. You're going to love it. And I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to hear, doom, 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 doom. And I'll be like, oh, jeez, not the song again. And you know, I looked at that song, Africa by Toto, and here's the most astounding thing. They had never been to Africa. (laughs) They wrote a song, a make-believe song. I see the plains of Kilimanjaro, blah, 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 and the Serengeti. You can't even see that. It's not even possible. They had never been. It took them 20 years after writing that song to go to Africa and be like, hey, we made a lot of money. Hi, Africans. And they played it. But the reality is this church... They wrote a song about a place they had never been to, they had never tasted, never seen, never ever been on the, on the ground and gone, this is what Africa feels like. And church, we, we should not be Toto in this situation. We should speak of the things that we have tasted of and seen. The Lord is good. Guess how I know? I've experienced the joy of the Lord. I've tasted, I spent time with God and he was there. I went through the trial, through the fire, and God did not leave me. I've tasted and seen. And then church here, 
we root ourselves in his presence in the truth. And we, we go to the word and we go to him in prayer. And we spend time with God. And then, finally, church, we should be known for our joy. We should have joy. Now we know where joy is found. Church, we should be known for our joy. Matthew seven fifteen says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. This is what Jesus says. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. This is Jesus speaking. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. This is what Jesus says. That, hey, people are going to look at your life. And they're going to see the fruit that you're producing. You have no choice. You are producing something. And if you're rooted in Jesus, if, you, if the Spirit of God is working in you, if the seed that has been planted in your heart is one that has been planted by the Spirit, you can only bear good fruit. You cannot be a good tree that bears bad fruit. And you know, it cannot be a bad tree that bears good fruit. Church, those are the words of Jesus. So I ask you, church, Southridge, if we go around this area, if we go to Clinton, and we ask the people who live in Clinton, and we say, what fruit does that church bear? What will the city, what would the town say about Southridge? Will it say, this is the fruit that I have seen? And I'm pretty sure, you know, you guys are, are you know, you're a perfect church, so you're bearing great fruit, I'm pretty sure. But I want you to ask your que that question, Southridge. If you didn't exist, would Clinton miss you? If you didn't exist and you turned into a planet fitness, would Clinton go, you know what? That was a terrible idea because Southridge Church was bearing good fruit in Clinton. What fruits are we bearing? Jesus doesn't flippantly say this, friends. He says it so that we may understand that, church, we will be known by our fruit. The people around you, your family, is it anger? Is that the fruit that comes out of you? If we ask your family, is it love that emanates from your heart? Is it patience? Is it, kind, is it joy this morning? If we ask your friends, amen, be confident, church. If people were to ask you, who is this person? Be confident. Yes, they will say I have the joy of the Lord. They will say I am joyful. They have seen my life. They have seen my heart. I am not just a Christian on the internet. I'm a real Christian. I, I love this little bag. This little bag, my wife got me this tote bag for Christmas. Look at how tiny it is. I was, when I got it for Christmas, I was like, what can I put in there? Like a... Like a Gideon's. Like, what could I put? What could I really put in here? And my wife told me this. She said, she said, Rob, like, I'm sorry. It looked bigger on the internet. <laughs> Church. And we don't want our faith to be bigger on the internet. And then when it's delivered, it's puny. It's tiny. Your joy isn't actually even evident. The fruits in your life, Church. 
It can't be bigger somewhere else. It's got to be real in your everyday life. And church, that doesn't mean that we don't go through trials. It doesn't mean that we're not sorrowful. It doesn't mean that we're not struggling. Church, because joy is not circumstantial. So church, here's my encouragement to you. God's not commanding you to pretend to be joyful when you're suffering. God is not commanding us to have some fake positive Christianity where we're grieving and we're supposed to pretend to be joyful. But maybe, church, the seed that God has planted in our hearts is that the sorrow may last for a night, but the joy comes in the morning. That joy is something that will come. That we may be in a position where we're weeping, where we're confused, where even we have doubts. Jesus, are you real? John the Baptist had that when he was in prison. Jesus, are you the one? Or should we be looking for someone else? Because I'm in prison. But that moment passes for us as believers in Christ. That we start to see that it is in the trials and in the difficulties that God is working something out. James 1 verse 2 to 3 says this. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Church, the encouragement is this. Even when life is pressing us, God is at work. And God is at work in our lives so we can count even the difficult times in our lives as joy. God is working something in us so that we may be lacking in nothing. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you this morning because I know there are many stories in this room. I know some of you are in the midst of a trial. I know some of you are grieving. I know some of you, it feels like you're failing at this Christianity thing. It feels like you keep stumbling. You're still stuck in your old ways. You can't shake off sin. And it's hard to be joyful. In fact, you feel judged. You feel guilty walking into the church. Because like, Rob, if you knew what I was doing yesterday, if you knew what I was doing last week, if you knew what my thought life was like, Rob, you would know that I'm disqualifying myself. But I want to encourage you guys. There's nothing that you've done in your life that Jesus didn't go on the cross and say it is paid in full. We can have joy. We can have joy. So church, even in the pressing, God is doing something. You know, last Saturday, church, I'll just say this, there was uh, hardly joy to grasp onto I found myself in an ambulance getting rushed to the hospital and, 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 I, and as the ambulance passed the, 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 my, the car, my wife's car, I, could, I saw my kids and I kept thinking to myself, Lord, how could this be? Is, 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 you know, I had all these memories of, of when I, my health was failing 10 years ago and I was like, is this the end? And in my heart, there was so much sorrow, so much grief. God, I haven't done enough. I haven't seen my kids grow. I, I, started, I started panicking and in that moment, I had, I had absolutely 
like no joy to grasp on and I don't have to feel guilty in the ambulance. I couldn't have been, maybe, maybe. I pray someday I'll be in the ambulance and the EMTs and I are singing, you know, there is joy in the house. Like, but in that moment, I was like, Lord, have you abandoned me again? Like, where, where? And I got to the hospital and as the situation started to kind of play itself out, regardless of the results, I started to think, Lord, you're doing something here. God, you are God. The last time this happened, you didn't leave me. You didn't forsake me. You are working something. Lord, I can remain joyful. Lord, you've got my life in your hands. It was never in my hands to start with. So Lord, I just trust that this is somehow part of your plan. And I'm just walking and I'm just focusing. And then there'll be a wave of like, oh Lord, but I want to do this. But then I'll be like, no Lord, inside there was a battle. Lord, because I was trying to grasp at the truth, not the lies to say, Lord, this is the truth. I can, I can clutch and hold on to you. Hold on to the hem of your garment and not let go, God, because I know it is in your presence where all my joy is found. My family's security is found. Not in mine, but in yours, Lord. And it was hard to find joy. But you know what? I want to say, God, use someone else's suffering to bring some light. But while I was on the little IV fluids, a kid came in and... um, this kid was, I heard the EMT saying, or the, the nurse is saying, there's a guy in here who shot himself in the foot. And I was like, the guy shot himself in the foot. I kept thinking, what is this guy going to look like in my head? And as they came in, he was perfectly fine, which is why I can talk about this. He was perfectly fine. He was smiling. He was in there with his girlfriend. He looked exactly like what I thought a guy would shoot himself in the foot looked like. <laughs> And in my heart, it was just a little semblance of joy just to be like, Lord, you have a sense of humor. This dude literally shot himself in the foot. This is so, this will be an illustration someday. But, but I said, Lord, you're doing something. You're doing something. It can be joy to be grasped somewhere. Lord, in my life, thank you, Lord, for who you are. You didn't owe me 40 years. So, Lord, I thank you for the years that you've given me. I thank you, Jesus. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Church, let me wrap up with this. You know, for some of us this morning, my prayer was, Lord, may may some of us, may the joy of our salvation be revived this morning. Some of us, the joy has run out. For some of us in this room, we're just grouchy Christians. Like we feel like the purpose that God has put us on this earth is to point fingers at people and, and it's not your own doing. I, I know that the, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the difficulties and strife in your life, they've kind of, they've sapped out the joy in your heart. You're no longer a joyful Christian. You're now just a grouchy Christian. And the representation of that is not accurate to what God is calling us to be as Christians. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. God is calling us to be salt, not salty. Amen. Amen. He wants us to produce something that resembles the things that God has placed in our lives. And I don't know what's stolen the joy of your uh, the joy of your salvation, church. But this morning, the Lord is inviting you in. I know Jeremy uses the boards, but I use little props, and I was so happy to find this. And this is a NES cartridge. 
for the Nintendo. If you're younger than 40 in this room or 30 or whatever, you're probably thinking, what the heck is that? This is how we used to entertain ourselves in the 90s. And I remember when I got one of these and my mom brought back a, a Nintendo. And, and, and I, I just remember there was this game called Contra. And in Contra, you couldn't finish it. You couldn't finish it unless you had this code that would allow you to have new life. And so you press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. And all of a sudden, it would unlock all these other lives and you're able to go the distance. I just feel like on the cross this morning in your life, you need to look at the cross, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, the one who fills you with joy, the one who says, listen, I've done it all and I've put something in your life so that you, you may be restored. You can keep coming back to me. You don't have one shot. You have multiple shots. His grace and mercy are abundant, not those, so that we can play games, but so that when we fall, which is inevitable, we can get up and bowl the approach the throne of grace knowing that Jesus paid it in full. He didn't do three out of four payments on Klarna on the cross. He paid it in full church. So we can continue to go to him. And I love that Jeremy touched on the fact that the spirit of God is what outworks this. That last week, the pneuma of God, the breath of God. Isn't it funny that when one of these froze, what would you do to this to revive it again? Right? You just, and you'd pop it back and let's give it another shot. We'd blow back life into the cartridge so that we could try it again, so that we could give a new life. And this morning, my prayer is that the spirit of God, the pneuma, would come upon this place and breathe new life into you and restore once again the joy of, of your salvation. Restore once again the objectives of the mission of the person who says, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, so that we can go and be joyful in Clinton, so that we may bear the fruit of the Spirit, so that we live, we leave the old life behind, and we pursue the things of God, that we put the flesh to death, and we walk in the Spirit. Amen, church. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the the work that you're doing in this place this morning. Father God, I, I don't know every story in this room, but you do. You know every heart in this place. You know their suffering, and you know their accolades, you know their joys, Lord, and you know their sorrows. I just pray, Lord, in this room, First and foremost, Lord, that we may be rooted in you. Give us a hunger for your presence. Give us a love to be with you, Lord. Help our hearts, Lord. We can't manufacture this. Help our hearts, Lord, want to be with you. So that we may be planted by the rivers of living water, Lord. So that we may flourish, Lord, and bear good fruit. Father, we repent for the bad fruit. We repent, Lord, for the times we have, where, we, where we've been bearing fruit that contradicts the fruit that you call us to bear, where we've planted seeds, Lord, and we've reaped the wrong harvest. Father, 
we pray, Lord, that you would just transform us, Lord. May you turn that soil over again, Father God, and plant seeds of righteousness, plant seeds of joy, plant seeds of joy, plant seeds of joy, Lord, that this would be the most joyful place in Clinton. This would be the most joyful people in this area, Lord. Lord, let us go be your church that in every place like salt, Lord, where we enter in, Lord, even the tiny little crevices where no one else can get into, Father, that we will be found there and we would be joy bringers, Lord, that we would bring light to the places that have darkness. Father God, may we walk in the Spirit so that we may see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, in our families' lives, and in our community. We praise you, Lord, for the work that you're doing. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?
shy on me, lift up your song. Cause you've got a light inside of those thoughts. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. Church, how about we give God a big hand of praise in this place? Amen. Amen. So church, just to encourage you, I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all peace this morning. And as you go out these doors, church, let us be filled with the joy of the Lord. Let us be strengthened by the joy of the Lord. And let us go and be the church in this community. If you need prayer... Whatever it is that you're walking through, don't leave this place without getting prayer. There are people who would love to pray with you. And maybe God's been stirring something in your heart this service. I'd encourage you, today is the day. Today is the day. If you have never tasted and seen that the Lord is good, today is the day. I want to encourage you, get prayer, talk to someone, and let us continue to walk in the Spirit. Amen. 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 Praise God.